The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today's show is called, For Women Only, How to Be the True Sexier You. Now, of course, I know... um, (laughs) I know that you men, this is probably probably the title of the show, um, most likely to get you men to listen. <laughs> but uh, that's fine. You're welcome, too. I know you like to know what goes on inside our heads. <laughs> and um, But it is also for women. And today's guest is intimacy expert Alana Pratt. She's going to help all you women, um, figure out how to get your sexy on or get it back. She's got advice for bringing out your most authentic and dazzling self. Alana is a frequent media guest, and she's the author of several books, uh, How to Be and Stay Sexy for Women, The Missing Handbook, for, for, the missing handbook to Motherhood for Moms, and get her to say yes for men. So <laughs> maybe we'll have you on for, for, for men for that one. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Alana. Oh, it's a, such a pleasure. I would love to come back to, to speak to the men. And, yes, I think the women would like to eavesdrop into yes. that one as well. <laughs> and I just wanted to say thank you. You know, you've been a friend, a colleague for so many years, but this is the first time we've really ever sat down intimately together. So I'm very excited to get to know you better as well. Yes, I know. We met several years ago and then kind of uh, didn't really have much contact. And I was looking through at your website today. And really, really impressive, Alana. God, you've you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's first... great. Well, thank you. <laughs> and okay, and and actually, that leads right into my first question, uh, talking about coming a long way, baby. You know, because um, of course, people want to know. Probably your clients want to know. Maybe they don't have the guts to ask you, but. Um, just where do you come off thinking that you can help me, they'll, they'll think to themselves, in, in intimacy, in relationships, uh, and things like that. So mm-hmm. you actually have, have come a long way in terms of self-discovery and in terms of some really exciting kinds of and, and interesting and challenging things that happened to you along the way. So why don't you take us on that journey before we get into telling people how to get their sexy on? Well, sure. I'm a small-town Canadian girl, and I grew up with, um, while my dad is dry now, he was drunk and uh, stoned most of my life growing up, and so he wasn't present. Um, And if he was um, paying any attention, generally I'd done something wrong. And so from a very early age, I realized that if I I came home and I was just normal or I'd done something well, I would get um, in trouble or abused or yelled at or ignored or what have you. But if I came home when um, there was an issue, 
I needed to be saved. Um, he would somehow kind of come out of his drunkenness hmm. and be kind. And I started to, and this is really kind of messed up, but I started to see love as I needed to be the victim to get attention, to hmm. get love, which really messes up with, you know, your psyche as you're growing up because you never step into your power. You never give your gifts. You, you're never authentic. You're always three steps ahead. What do I need to manipulate this situation so I can be safe? Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward, you know, I went left home on my Uncle Phil's 18-wheeler semi, quit college. You know, I was going to make it as a model and a dancer and all these things and went from L.A. to, to Tokyo. And, and, you know, I can go through the whole story of husband number one and husband number two. But the, the, short, the short answer to this is I was so empty on the inside, Carol, and so seeking validation on the outside. I did not have anywhere near um, what I have now is an intimate relationship with myself. I was clear there was something wrong and what did I need to do to fix it? And am I enough? Will you marry me? Will you hire me? Any of those kind of things. So I know exactly what it's like to suffer, be terrified, hate oneself, hate one's body when they looked in the mirror, give away one's body, one's soul, one's dreams just for validation. Mm -hmm. And that sucked, frankly. <laughs> um, and I said, you know, enough, enough. And, and I be, as I began to turn my life around, I never went out to start being an intimacy expert or a, a counselor, coach, author, speaker. It wasn't what I was, you know, wasn't my plan. Um, I didn't really have a plan, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I went to Columbia University. I studied art history. I started working at CNN. And I started to get this love of the art history was a love of beauty. What is this thread between all art that speaks to the core? Kind of like the thread between all of us, Carol, that be whatever religion you come from or background you come from. I always had this deep desire to, to the core, the intimate core of who we are. And then with splashes of, of television and presenting, I actually, um, after my first marriage, got a divorce and started seeking therapy and workshops myself and very quickly was recognized as someone who was very vulnerable very powerful, but also very sweet and tender and safe. And they asked me to coach. They asked me to head coach a series of different organizations. And it's been 15 years now Hmm. where I really hold the space for people to show up with that thing they don't want anyone to see. And I love it. And I invite them to love it. And through that lack of judgment, through that intimate relationship with self, everything shifts and we become at peace with who we are. We honor and celebrate who we are. And then the magical thing is that starts to get mirrored on the outside in the quality of relationships we have. And we no longer need those relationships. We choose them. Hmm. Well, yes. Um, you know, Alana sends these, if you, and I'll give you her website you know, at the end of the show, but um, if you sign up, she, she will send you these um, emails that are fabulous. And what I love about them is that, um, you know, yes, of course, there's some advice and so on, but, but what you, you share so much, the good and the bad, um, mm-hmm. of, of what's going on in your own life as you hold yourself out, you know, the things that you go through, you use as examples to help people with relationships that they're going through. And I, I think that's very courageous. Um, you. you were sending one, you sent one recently of a relationship that didn't seem to be working out too well and, and yet you survived. Um, and you sent what, so it's the ups and downs. And you sent one that was very intriguing recently about how you were um, at a conference, I guess, at where, this is 
sounds like an amazing, an amazing, um, I don't know what activity of, to do at one's event. Um, but apparently someone who was having a conference had 25 women stand on stage and the mm. men in the audience had to vote on who they would most like to sleep with and who they would most like to have on a desert island. Yes. Whose conference is this? Oh, should I share? Yeah. Right. Uh, D- David Data, one of my teachers, I began studying with Sachin and Suzanne Raja of Warrior Sage, and they had studied with David Data. Um, and I recommend his books to a lot of people, and I was at one of his workshops, and that's where it occurred. And and you were chosen for both of those, and that's... Um... And and you were in your email. You were talking about your newsletter. I, I, you were talking about how um, any woman can do this. That it was something that you were thinking about. I mean, how, what do you attribute that to? Um, you were trying to say you you were you were thinking about something and presenting presenting your authentic self or presenting your sexy self or both, <laughs> and well, getting these women, these men to vote for you. Well, what was curious about being up on stage initially was there's 25 other women, and and the first choice I think a woman can make is to be in competition with those other women <laughs> to get the guy or not. And I was very conscious of this. I wasn't there to to win, and I chose to be there to be me. And I could literally, Carol, feel, because what um, uh, David was doing is we, uh, we were asked to close our eyes. And just also know, I was dressed in long jeans, a long sweater, a loose blouse, funky earrings, and cowboy boots. I was not dressed like, come hither. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, I was just dressed as funky Alana. And he would put his um, hand over our heads as the men would vote. And the women in the audience were also asked to close their eyes as well. And I could feel the energy of the men's gaze. Like I could feel the energy as he put his hand over Hmm. me. And again, it's another choice point. What are we going to do? Are we going to try to use our sexuality as a manipulation, (laughs) which is a possible, I mean, I've done that before, right? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to say, thank you for noticing I am a work of art and shine for the sake of shining. And again, every single step along the way on this platform, I was practicing what I preach. You know, I was coaching women. I was living this myself. But this was really like, you know, on the stage literally to see how it worked. So, again, I chose just thank you for noticing that I am a work of art. And then when it got to the um, the voting stage, they apparently had never had a woman win in both categories. Normally we are more... I don't know, more, you know, better at getting the men to want to sleep with us or we're more of the type that, you know, will provide us a solid home and children and, mm. and encourage him on his purpose. But to be able to have that breadth of quality was something that I, I've been practicing, but I'd never known, did it work? You know, because I hadn't manifested a partner at that point. I, I, I didn't really know. I just knew it was the most authentic me. And, he, and we went into this long hour conversation with the group of like, how come? Because here's the curious thing. The women in the audience did not understand why I was chosen to have sex with. <laughs> because the other woman who was chosen to have sex with was way hotter than me. You know, younger, legs, boobs, hot, 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 right? They couldn't get it. And the men said, she's me, Alana. She's having pleasure in her body, and I want in. Huh. And, I, and I got it. Okay, what were you doing I, up there? <laughs> I have peace in my skin. Uh-huh. I have looked at myself in the mirror naked as I coached Lisa Gibbons when she was in Dancing with the Stars. I said, you're going to be in your head if you are at in judgment or resistance to any part of your body. So we would go through, and I go through, practices where I love my thighs. I love my stretch marks from having a baby. I love my body. I, I, I get turned on by myself. I'm unwilling to give my power away anymore. And so I do have pleasure in my body. I, I'm, I'm in my body. 
I, I feel the skin, you know, my clothes against my skin. I, I savor food when I eat it. I, I feel the sunshine. You know, I let the breeze flirt with my hair. Like, I'm present in my body. Like, I have fun in here. And this was so not how I was when I was a model years ago competing with other women, always judging I wasn't thin enough, wasn't this enough. So I, that was my practice. And I so love what, my body. What was the so? What was the point of this? Um, you know, why did he do this? What was the point of this in the workshop? Well, he wanted to show that the old strategies we women have been using to be sexy don't work. Huh. Certainly, don't work to attract a quality, intimate, sacred, deep sexual relationship, which is what we were all there for. So, the all those other women on the stage, the twenty-five women who were way hotter than me, didn't get chosen, and the women in the audience didn't get why, and we were explaining the why. That the, the true man who wants to open us deeply to, to pleasure and bliss in other realms is put off by us trying to be enough, is put off by us, I don't need you, I can open the door myself. They are invited into that place where a woman doesn't need his approval, is already at peace in her body. She's a win. She's a happy goddess creature. I mean, he's attracted there because his goal is to bring you pleasure. If you're not having any, you hate your body, you're trying to be enough, you're competitive with others, you can open the door yourself, not a lot of pleasure going on there. And so not attractive to a quality man that really wants to hold the space for us to surrender. But a woman who's already having pleasure in her body, who's at peace with her skin, who praises herself and her sisters, very attractive to a quality man, and what they would call sexy enough to want to sleep with us. Very profound. That, that's that's really very interesting. Um, you know, I, I I mean that must have been that must have been a very very interesting experience. Did after this whole thing was over, did you got a lot, did you get a lot of guys coming up and asking for your number? No, and I'd like to explain the other one that I um, won as well, because that's yeah. a really great lesson for women as well. Afterwards, in fact, I sat down, and an older, um, more like a mother figure woman came over to me, and she put her hand on my thigh, and she said, <laughs> apparently it's time for you to teach. Huh. And I started to cry, because this was an information that I was learning myself, but I hadn't really put it out there to the world yet. And it was not about... Oh, and the other thing is, when I, quote-unquote, won both those competitions, I could have had my ego present and go, oh, no, 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 or, yeah, aren't I the shit? Or I could have just said, yeah... Thank you. What is the lesson here? What am I the messenger for? How can yes. I serve here? How can I get out of the way? Another choice point yes. as we get shining wait, as women. And yes, absolutely. And now here's another choice point. That music meant that we need to take a break. Okay. We will be back. My guest is Alana Pratt. We're talking about uh, how to be the true sexier you, and we're learning by example here. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. 
Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh, today's show is for women only, how to be the true sexier you. And yes, of course I know you guys are listening and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> My mm-hmm. guest, in fact, I think I'm going to do that as a hook in the future, say it's for one sex or the other. <laughs> because I know, I know I'll get more people of the other sex to listen. Um, my guest is intimacy expert Alana Pratt. She is helping women get their sexy on. And before the break, we were just talking about an interesting uh, seminar that she went to um, where women were put on stage and men were asked to vote who they thought they would like to sleep with and then also a second vote who they would want on a desert island with them. And Alana managed to win both of these Um of course, you didn't, you didn't answer my question what you were doing on stage, but all right. Oh, um, we were just invited. We, um, David, no, no, no. Uh, I, mean, is, I mean, whether you were, you know. Oh, I was were... standing with my eyes closed doing nothing. Okay. Yeah, doing absolutely nothing, standing, doing nothing, which is, which is very important for women to recognize as well. To imagine 25 women standing with their eyes closed on stage doing nothing that a man we think men don't have intuition or instinct, but they could tell who we were just by us standing there. They can feel, they can mm-hmm. sense, they can know. Yes, absolutely. And so, so be really aware that a, a true man who's grounded and present knows a lot and can appreciate a lot about who you are. Yes. So, um, okay, so we were talking about the first one, who they'd like to sleep with. Tell, you were just about to, to talk about um, the voting for who they wanted to be with on a desert island. Yeah, and the idea with the desert island is you'd be there for 20 years with the same woman. So what kind of qualities did she need to have for you to live your purpose fully, to be, you know, living your priorities on the planet fully? And so we broke that one down into two categories. The first having to do with the heart and that the the men, and, and again, I was just standing there. They somehow said, that one Alana, even if I lost my job, she wouldn't cut my head off. There was a sense of even when things got tough, I wouldn't close my heart. I wouldn't emasculate. I would be able to, to love him fiercely enough to, to encourage him to get out there again. But I wouldn't make him wrong. I wasn't after him only for the money. I wasn't after him only if he could, you know, live in the right neighborhood. There was something deeper that they literally could sense about me. And in terms of a practice for us women to look, what, do you keep your heart open even when things go rough? There's a, a video on my, my main website right now. It might be moved soon, so have a peek at lanapratt.com. But it's the story of when my mom died. And I keep, you know, it's a choice to keep my heart open. And there she was, like dead in front of me. And it's a choice. And if we close our hearts, yes, maybe it doesn't hurt so much. However, what I learned is that if I kept my heart open and felt it all the way to the core, I felt love. And nine months later, when I gave birth to my son, the exact same opportunity was presented. There was so much bliss 
could I really keep my heart open or could I have to try to keep it together, right? But I chose to keep my heart open and I felt to the very core of this bliss. And the crazy thing, Carol, it was the same sensation experience as the core of the pain. The core of the bliss and the core of the pain were the same. It was this thing I guess we could call love. And knowing that come what may, I can keep my heart open and and I can handle whatever's going to be thrown at me with life. I can sit in the fire. That capacity is attractive to a man, not just to sleep with you, but he wants to be with you long term. Why? Because life has challenges. It's not going to be kumbaya, Pollyanna every single day. He's going to lose his job. Someone's going to die. Things are going to happen. And who are you going to be about it? Shut your heart down, blame, avoid, deny, run, hide, or breathe, open, stay in the fire. And that was very attractive to these men without saying a word or doing anything. It's a beingness. So I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. That was part one of why they chose me for the second vote. And part two, that they chose me for the second one, um, there's a, I think it's Hindu goddess called Kali, and she will cut off a man's head if he's not living his purpose. Um, And and the gentlemen in the crowd were saying, I don't know what it is about that Alana one, but I, it's sort of like I want to go to the battlefield and die for her. Like she is going to be fierce with me, but she's not going to nag or mother or bitch or emasculate me. She's going to love me so fiercely that I just want to go out there and die for her, for the kingdom. And I thought, curious, because I've been, between you and me, Carol, I've done enough therapy and stuff, I've been an angry lady. I've been an angry woman. I've been an emasculating woman Well, you know, what's interesting is that, when you disc- at the beginning, when you were talking about your father, um, in my book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, the, what makes a bad girl, and um, we'll have to figure out what category you, you once fit into because it seems like you've evolved. Um, but, you know, I have 12 different types. But um, the, uh, the, the key to what makes a woman a bad girl is a woman who has had a father who a dysfunctional relationship with her father who made her feel unloved and unlovable and then she usually goes on and she has a relationship with one or more bad boys who confirm that opinion of herself that she's unlovable and at some point she then goes on and decides that since she doesn't think she's going to ever get love she'll just get something that she wants from a man and so there are these 12 different types from gold digger to, you know, others, commitment phobe, um, and so on, and um, looking for something else from a man since she has given up on finding love. And so mm. it seems like, um, you, I mean, you know, you, you would, it seems like at one time you would fit into that perfect category or, or type. I mean, you know, as I said, there are the 12 different types, but, um, but you but no have, have managed to evolve from that. Correct. I've certainly transcended and worked through all of that, but that's how I started. And what these men could sense was that I had evolved, that a woman who stays stuck in what you were mentioning before will emasculate a man and does underneath it all believe she's worthless. However, I know I'm a work of art. I know I'm a limitless being. I know we all are. And I've gone through and done my inner work and forgiven and found this sense of deep intimacy, which is why I call myself an intimacy expert. I'm at a place now where I love, honor, trust, respect, 
have an allowance for who I really am, celebrate who I really am. Of course, I'd prefer if people like me, but I really honestly don't care at the end of the day because I'm not there for the outside approval anymore. I'm here to shine as me as a contribution on the planet. And so what that allows me to transform within me is anger into what I call fierce love. So women who suppress their anger and don't care for themselves very much will lash out, emasculate, and kill off a man. However, a woman who does fiercely love herself can use that way of communicating. And there's not a strategy that's going to help you, but more you have to do the inner work. However, it would sound something like the unenlightened one would be, you jerk sitting on the couch, you amount to nothing, get out there. I can't, I, what, you know, it's like, it's mean, it's judgment. However, fierce love would be, I love you. And I tend to swear, but I won't right now, but so effing much kind of idea, like fiercely, like in your rawness, in your feminine divine, that dark place in the womb, you know, like that place. I love you so much that it hurts my heart to see you not living your fullest out there. You know, damn your boss or damn what people say. I believe in you. It's a, it's a fuel. It's a fuel for his purpose and priorities and legacy on the planet. And that turns a man on and makes him devoted over time to know that when things get rough, one, you'll keep your heart open, but two, it's going to ignite a fire in you that believes in him and will fuel him to get out there and, and get into battle again, you know, symbolically. And so, you know, there is, of course, a huge problem with women and with men, for that matter, men who have been uh, hurt by bad girls and women who have been hurt by bad boys. Sure, um, what they're happens, my clients too. <laughs> what did you say? I said they're my clients too, Carol. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Um, what, yeah. what happens is that the more painful these relationships are, the yeah. more women and men close their hearts in the future. It's true, to future relationships. A- and so they do wind up sabotaging relationships, acting out, um, you know, women, women, for example, who uh, after they've been hurt or divorced or, or, or they're married, but they're a mother and they're turning their attention to their children and, and forgetting about paying enough attention to their man, leaving him wide open to, for bad girls. Um, but, you know, there's this, there's this, um, this protection, either in the case of women who have been hurt right. um, by previous relationships, there's this a desire they'll say they want a boyfriend or a husband but there's this desire to really protect themselves from being hurt again and right. so they wear all this you know clothes that where they fade into the woodwork um they they don't go anywhere where they could potentially meet somebody they're they're saying one thing that they want somebody and yet they're right. they're protecting themselves by doing everything um, unconsciously to avoid getting in a relationship right. So what do you, how do you tell, help these women to get their sexy on? Well, the first thing is everything you said is very accurate, but if we're going to just be unconscious or unaware or not take responsibility, not have a look, not slow down and really look, then we're just going to keep doing those behaviors forever. However, this intimacy that I'm talking about, like slow down, stop. What are you doing? What are you unwilling to feel within you? The, the, it's a choice. It's a choice to keep those old beliefs, those old survival strategies, those walls up. All of that is a choice. We think it's not. We think it's just how life is, but it's not. It's a choice. And if you have the safe space of someone like Carol or someone like myself, and for me, I just create this intimate safe space to put down the walls first with me before you ever get out there dating again, be you a man or be you a woman. And let's start to look at that. Let's start to choose to learn from that. 
let's start to choose to heal that because here's the real kicker when you start to do this deep, intimate work. You start to take full responsibility. You start to grow up. You start to choose to regain that sense of potency and radiance and awareness that is inside every single person, be it man or woman. When you really start to do this, we often knew they were a bad boy and we chose them anyways. We often know she was a bad girl, and we chose anyways. There's so much denial going on, but if you can really put your walls down and look and recognize that, that's taking your power back. That means you won't do it again. And we're going to look, and we're going to learn, and we're going to develop these capacities because with our heart closed, we have no intuition, and we will be blindsided over and over and over again. However, with your heart open, although that initially seems terrifying, and it is the word vulnerable, it's actually in our most open state that we're aware of it all, that we have wisdom, that we have discernment, that we can make choices. The closed heart is like putting blinders on, and then they will hurt you again, and then you just get to be right about how horrible you are. Mm -hmm. But through the deep work that I do, opening that heart, healing those wounds, and really learning those lessons and claiming your power back, that awareness and that openness and that vulnerability is your greatest strength. And that's the music. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and we need to break, take a break again. My guest is Alana Pratt. Uh, today we're talking for women only. Hint, wink, wink. How to be the true sexier you. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with my uh, guest expert, intimacy expert, Alana Pratt. She is uh, helping you <laughs> women <laughs> and how to be the true sexier you. And, uh, we're, of course, we're having lots of men listen in, too, because I know you guys want to know what we women think. So, um, so Alana, I was thinking that, uh, that perhaps you could, you know, I, I know, I hope you feel comfortable using you. You are the intimacy expert, so I hope you feel comfortable using, I know we're talking about intimate things, but using you as an example, because I think that that will really help women, um, see where you, ha what happened to you and how you, um, derived 
these ideas of becoming the more authentic, sexier you. Yes, it's my pleasure. I did not go to school as long as you did, amazing woman. I didn't go to school for any of this. It's the school of life. Um, so please ask me anything you'd like. Well, um, I, I was reading about your first husband, who sounded that sounded very glamorous. So tell us about that. I mean, I know I, I know it didn't seem to end terribly glamorously, but but it did lead to today. So, so yeah. tell us about that. Well, I was very young. I was a model in Japan, and he was a tall, dark, and handsome, kind, monogamous, multimillionaire who was, who was interested in me. And I honestly, from that stage of not seeing love, having, you know, my parents get divorced and, and not show me what that was, this was like the best thing that ever crossed my path, and I was grateful. And to the degree that I America? had... Was he an American he, man yes, visiting? Yeah. Yeah, he was American expat, and I was a, um, a foreign, you know, uh-huh. international model kind of thing. We were a handsome couple, I shall say, <laughs> um, and and he was a good man. I just didn't. So I think the main thing to recognize is to the degree that we have an intimate relationship with ourselves, is the degree to which you will have a fulfilling nourishing, ever-expansive relationship with a beloved. And at that point, I did not have at all an intimate relationship with myself. I was judging myself. I was not present. I wasn't in my body. I was seeking validation. And while I was successful in traveling the world and on billboards and all the rest of it, um, I really wanted him to like me. And because he chose me, I felt enough. I didn't even, like, consider choosing him. All it was about was he chose Mm -hmm. me. That was it. And I remember the big, beautiful wedding and crying, you know, as I was doing my vows, because I'm like, I, oh, my God, how did this happen? Huh. Everything's perfect. I have the money. I've got the dress. I've got the friends. Like, everything's, and he loves me. And, oh, my God, like, I didn't even show up until that moment. But then I huh. pr- suppressed it back down again, Carol, and I just put on the happy face because this is the American dream, and I was living it. And yet I was miserable inside because as I began to show the real me, peek out, this is the real me. This is how I feel. This is what would move me. This is how I honor me. Would you honor me? I mean, it's not his fault at all. I did not show up. And as I began to, he was like, no, 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 that is not what we agreed to. Back huh. in the box. Back huh. in the box. Um, and to the point where I was hiding in closets, meditating, because it was like, that was weird. Um, and by the end, I mean, walking away from all that status and money and a good man. Um, but I was miserable. I felt so unseen because finally I was willing to see myself. Hmm. And I hold nothing against him, and it was a great learning experience, and I wish him, you know, all the all the happiness in the world. Move on to husband number two. I sort of, I grew up a bit, I suppose, but I really, I'm not where I am now. And I sort of went the opposite way from insecure little girl to overbearing, <laughs> bitch on wheels, I'm in control, masculine, you know, and all in my head. And so I was going to be in control this time. I was going to call the shots this time. I was going to, you know, give away my money and my, my inspiration and my energy and my body and everything so that I could feel, quote unquote, safe. So I attracted someone quite quite different at a time when my mom was dying. So I was also giving away all my time, energy, money, and, and attention to her to keep her alive. So I was very empty and lopsided and scared when I met him. And so he was interested in a relationship where I gave everything huh. and nothing to myself. So again, I don't hold him responsible either. I'm just very clear of who I was being when I chose the second one. And within a year, you know, my mom had died, we had gotten married and had, you know, gotten pregnant, and within nine months we had a baby, and it wasn't the grieving anymore, it wasn't the hormones anymore, it wasn't the sleep deprivation anymore, it was, oh my God, I'd made a mistake again, and oh, 
I didn't want to admit it, Carol. I failed again. I was so ashamed. And I didn't have my mom's shoulder to cry on anymore. Mm. So I just pushed even harder with that masculine energy of make it look good on the outside and give even more of my time, energy, and money until I just hit the rock bottom. And in a meditation, I, I, I just prayed. And this um, crotchety old woman came to me, and she's like, you're such a wuss. Hmm. You're a weakling. You know, you don't have the energy to leave this man and go create your life. Oh. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm a single mom, and I don't have a job. And he just quit his job on the day that our son was born. And, oh, God. And she's, yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was using my mom's inheritance to live, you know, because he decided he didn't want to work. And uh, I said, okay, fine. I found the place within me, Carol, that place of strength that we only know when we are pushed. Mm -hmm. It's in there. It's in all of us. But it was a circumstance necessary, and I said, I will do it. And she became Xena, the warrior princess. And she's like, okay, girl, we've got a lot of work to do. You've got the mother energy. That's great. You've got the, you know, temptress, inspiring, sensual energy. But your warrior, she needs to wake up. We need to get to work here. Mm. And I went through. It was a very, uh, very difficult divorce. Mm. He did not. I mean, he was addicted to me. Hello. I was giving him everything. Huh. Why would he? Why would he want to leave? Right. Um, but I did that, Carol, and I didn't judge myself for it. I had awareness. I learned the lesson. I applied it, and I moved forward. You and, know, it's, it's interesting. Let me just interrupt for a second. Um, the two, you know, my first book was Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. And the, your first husband sounds like the Mr. Power Mad type that I, I described 12 different types for both of the bad girls and bad boys, different types. And, and so the first man sounds like Mr. Power Mad, and the second one sounds like uh, the frazzled frog, the guy who, um, you know, who you mother and you, you nurture and, and, and then um, and who, who becomes totally dependent or who is to, totally dependent. Yeah. Um, so, well, okay. You have really so, cute so... names, so thank you for labeling my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I do, I do wish my, you know, second husband well as well. However, I still have quite a... Um, I don't know what word I'd want to use, but it's not easy. He's he's taken me to court to try to take full custody of our mm. son. I really had to look at, I didn't want to look at who I married. Again, I did another one of those hiding things. I didn't want to really recognize that I gave all of that to someone who didn't value me. But again, if we turn it on its side, where was I not valuing me? Mm. And what does valuing me look like? And so now we have a very, it's business. It's legal. It's, you know, I'm not oh, so setting hard. myself up anymore to believe that he's ever going to keep his word or have my best interests at heart. And judging him does no good, and judging myself does no good. So I'm in a very calm, peaceful, quiet place of awareness, clarity, and taking action to, to create my life based on what I chose. And it's certainly not easy, but I am freer more relaxed, more powerful, more crazy, more delicious than I've ever been through this intimate relationship with myself, forgiving myself, loving myself, honoring myself, and, and knowing I'm at choice to create anything I want, no more excuses, and moving forward. Absolutely. Well, you certainly... Uh, <laughs> and and you're coming to that place. I guess this is a key question. Yeah. Um, you attribute to... I mean, it, it didn't just happen overnight. You attribute to, we mentioned meditation, um, therapy. Were those the two main? No. <laughs> I would say, honestly, although 
I, I honor you as a doctor and everything, but I really didn't get anything out of therapy. It didn't help me at well, all. it totally depends upon the therapist, so it's okay I'm if sure. you say that. I'm sure. Totally nothing personal. I adore you. Um, and meditation. Actually, for me, moving meditation has been more powerful than silent sitting, getting out of my head and letting my body have its way with me. Body, do you have anger you want to let go of? Do you have inspiration you want to bring to me? Do you, What turns you on? What feels light? What feels heavy? Really having a relationship with my body as my guide is my moving meditation. And I have wonderful teachers along the way. I've studied with a lot of different, you know, different workshops, sensuality, as I mentioned, doing work with the feminine and the masculine with David Data or Warrior Sage. And most recently, I love the work I do with Access Consciousness with Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. I've learned a lot of, they, they put words to what I've been mm. teaching and living for the past 15 years and a lot about non-judgment and this intimate relationship with me. I've always seeked, when I get him, I'll feel better. When he sees me, I'll feel yes. better. And I've let all of that go, Carol. And I, I mean, it makes me almost want to cry right now. I always was afraid that if I loved myself that much, I would be arrogant or a narcissist. And, and it's the exact opposite. I have such deep care for myself, such deep, like, honoring of myself. Like, what would honor Alana? And, you know, people might agree, people might disagree. I am not going to live for others anymore. I'm going to care for me. I'm going to be vulnerable with me. I'm going to allow the authentic Alana to show up. And I have such a peace with who I am and such a gratitude for who I am and such power of choice that no one's opinion Yay, if you think I'm great, Carol, that's fabulous, and I hope this interview has served your purposes. But even if at the end of it you said, you're just a stupid schmuck, I mean, I would be like, oh, that's too bad. But I wouldn't go home and judge myself. I'd just say, well, I guess that wasn't a fit for me. I'm unwilling. I'm unwilling to abuse myself anymore. And that deep, intimate work, and it's a practice day in, day out. Catch your thought. If it's a destructive one, destroy it and create it. Send it back to the earth. Send it to the moon. Do whatever works for you. Give it to the white light. But anything other than radical self-love does not work. And when we just clink into that place, but, okay, then we but can you give know, it to another. But you know what people, I'm sure you get this all the time, and I'm sure my listeners are thinking that, well, that sounds fabulous. You know, I'd like some of that, but, um, but I don't love myself, and how do I get to that place? Well, then maybe it's time we go into a coaching relationship because you're addicted and you don't want to admit it to the abuse. There, there is a very, like, I am like plutonium. I am very intense. I can see your blind spots, and I'm very safe and very tender, but it's really about growing up and starting to tell the truth. There's a level of um, lack of responsibility if we just keep having the excuses of, well, I don't love myself, and it's easy for you to say, oh, fine, stay in that story forever, or be willing to, like, burn the bridge behind you, go, I don't know how, but I am willing to, to create a new world where I love myself. Take my hand, walk me over the bridge, and show me the way. Because the excuses, I mean, I did excuses for a long time. And that's all you get is more excuses. It has to be a demand. Not like a bitchy demand, but like, I am ready. I am having the life I choose. I don't have any clue, but I'm having it. Hmm. And once you make that demand, that's that gote or ghost, however you say his name, you know, providence occurs. When you put two feet in and you really make a stand, that's what it requires to get where I am. I am very courageous. I am very self-loving. I am very vulnerable. I mess up all the time, <laughs> all the time. But I get back up. I get back up. Well, and you're that, absolutely right that 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 becomes that becomes a person's story. That becomes such an excuse. You know, I I can't love myself because of this, that, and the other. Um, and that means that you don't have to try and you don't have to put yourself in vulnerable places. Sure. 
but to know the place where no matter what happens, you're okay. You know, this whole risk, what will people think of me, risk rejection, I won't even try. Oh, my God, that is such a painful way to live. But to actually show up and get messy and to keep getting back up again and know, hey, I got, I didn't, I didn't, I got stronger. I'm actually starting to enjoy this mystery. The unknown is up to me. I'm a co-creative being here with the universe. Bring it. If you start to get sexy and, like, tempting the universe and playing with it, like, life can be so much more fun when we give ourselves permission to be authentic and get out of this perfection and get out of this illusion that you're actually breakable. You're not. You're a limitless being. Get that. And the more we live in the illusion, the more pain we have. So if, if this speaks to you and you want to play in this realm, I would love to play with you because, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. And it's intense. I will, I will admit. I will admit it's intense, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, when we come back, we will talk more about this with my guest, intimacy expert Alana Pratt. We're uh, learning how to be the true, sexier you. <laughs> and uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. So stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We've been talking with intimacy expert Alana Pratt. Uh, before the end of the show, I'll be giving you her website, and, and she'll tell you some of the things that she offers. And really, you can go to the site and, and look at, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff to look at. Um, but before, in this last segment, um, actually during the break, I was asking a lot of, it's been the burning question, because you're, you're such, you know, you're, you're such wonderful and beautiful energy. Like you're, you know, you're obviously you're passionate about what you do and, and, and about the path that you've taken and, and, um, and so on. And I, and I, my, I've, I've been thinking, uh, aren't some men overwhelmed um, by you, and um, you can tell people what you answered me. Well, yes, that's very accurate, but the men that are overwhelmed by me aren't the ones that I choose. The ones who see me, feel me, honor me, just think, you're so different, I adore you. You know, the ones, they say, you know, where have you been all my life? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interested in a man that says, deep and conscious, 
and real and authentic and can be have and who has that intimate relationship with himself. See, when we have a really um, solid intimate relationship with ourselves, we don't need the other. We don't give away our power. We don't manipulate. We don't have an agenda. There's none of that there. It's just pure me, pure them, and real pure choice for the first time. Like, does who they are work for me? It is who I am. Does that work for them? You don't. You don't need their approval. And that is so sexy. My God, it's so sexy to people. Granted, we can go into the look good world and the, I could be less intense and I would attract someone that wanted to, you know, play it safe and potentially control the outcome. But that is so boring, so mediocre. And, and it very quickly leads to, you know, misunderstandings and resentments and expectations and all the rest of it. I know the way I live is intense and it's not for the faint of heart. But the richness of intimacy and bliss and sexual bliss and deliciousness and caring and tenderness and authenticity, I mean, wow, I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. Well, yes. Um, you know, I think what you're, you're talking in part about there's kind of a level of, of confidence. Um, in fact, I talk often about uh, Kate Middleton and, um, you know, how she, how she caught her prince. And like, for example, um, well, you may not know this, but I'm the U.S. ambassador. <laughs> this this title, I'm the U.S. ambassador of the Kate Middleton sexy dress, the one that she wore in the fashion show. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, um, I don't. But congratulations, the, the see-through dress uh, that she wore in the college fashion show ah. that got Prince William to pay attention to her and got him to be, you know, attracted to her and to ask her out, and that was the beginning of her ultimately. Uh, getting to be the princess, and wow. um, and so what I when I talk about that, you know, I talk I call her the quintessential bad, the quintessential good girl who used bad girl secrets to catch her prince, and it is it wasn't just that she has a beautiful figure and a beautiful face and it was a pretty dress and she wore it in a very sexy manner, but it was the 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 audacity, the the audaciousness, the the boldness. Mm. with which she carried off walking down the runway in essentially a see-through dress Mm. at her college, you know, when she was a freshman. I think um, you've touched upon a very beautiful point, Carol, because quite often we judge, there's an aspect of our femininity we judge, like we're okay that we can be smart and and successful and coy and beautiful and and sweet, but whenever we get into that, you call it like the bad girl, or I would, you know, more of a kinky or naughty or dark with heart energy of being feminine. Quite often we've, we've labeled those as bad. We've judged ourselves. We've taken on judgment from the world that those are bad. But, I mean, how many billions or millions of women are we reading Fifty Shades of Grey? Clearly there is an outlet that's necessary for us to bring in the, the reverence, the sacredness, the beauty, the natural, organic part of us as a woman that is dark. And the heart is still there and the integrity is still there and the lightness of our sweetness. Like there's so many flavors of the feminine. And, and I like what you're saying about, about Kate being able to embrace all of those and look at the outcome. Well, and so, yes, and I would, yes, exactly. And I, I was kind of likening that to what you were saying or what I was saying about, you know, perhaps um, that men, on the one hand, some men might be intimidated by that, but on the other hand, it's this boldness and so on that's very sexy and very yes. attractive. And it, and it create it attracts the quality of man I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even though I am very bold and potent and all the rest of it, I still choose to surrender. 
I still choose to be open wider than the universe as I'm made love to. And so if he's not as intense or deep or intimate as me, then he can't. And then I have to be the man and I'm not interested in that. So if I'm intimidating, that's okay. I bless them and release them. (laughs) I'm interested in the man who can meet me, open me and take me places that I've never been before. And that when I'm that open, my radiance and my light and, and me, just pure me is a gift and contribution to his life that ignites him and what he's up to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, And, you know, of course, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that unfortunately so many men who start out that way have been burned by bad girls Mm. um, and and hurt and had their hearts broken and are afraid to put that out there again, just like just like the women are. And and that is really um, that's that's the problem. The biggest problem in our society uh, in terms of people trying to find love that mm. and and you mentioned you know divorce of course is is one of the biggest problems because people become afraid of making that commitment um because they see that their parents uh that it didn't work out for their parents and so they become afraid of you know what does this mean if i give my heart totally to somebody else so there are all of these problems in in the dating jungle these days that have mm. made it just much more difficult to find the kind of love that you're talking about and that we all want really Yes, and thus, and the same solution applies for everyone as a result as well. It always starts with yourself first. So before you even continue the dating or any of the energy out there, if you if this resonates with you, I would take all that time, energy, money, I would put it all towards you, value you, honor you, do this deep work, this intimate work with self, so that you, you know if your heart is closed, you're only going to attract someone with their heart closed. You know if you feel wounded, you're going to attract someone mm. else wounded. Yeah. You can't, that's not going to change. I'm so sorry. The push-up bra, or the nice new Ferrari, it doesn't help, okay? What helps is going inside and doing this deep work. It doesn't have to take forever. Generally, I work with people, you know, two, three months, maybe six, and we get to that place where they're themselves again and at peace with themselves again, intimately connected with who they are again. And then with an effortless magic and delight, you begin to attract a like vibrational harmonic partner. And you don't need them. You choose them, and they choose you, and so much is possible. And that's why I show up every day, to help shift these intimate places for relationships, first with self and then in, in your beloved relationship. Well, let's, um, what, let's give out people, let's give out your website um, so people can kind of explore that. Because, you know, it's funny, you just t- touched on something that would probably be a whole other, at least hour discussion, because I think we do, um, you know, we do look at things a little differently as far as, like the, you mentioned, the push-up bra. Um, you know, I actually, <laughs> in my Bad Girl Secrets book, I actually tell women to, um, to that that push-up bra helps because in my interviews of over 100 guys, these were the things that, there were certain things that they talked, who were in relationships with bad girls, there were certain things that they talked about that got them to be attracted to get them to ask the the girl on the first date if the girl didn't ask them first. Um, but, but, you know, it's not to be that way forever. It's just for the good girls who sit, you know, hold up in their in their apartment 
um, so at least get out and and yeah. have a chance to show their authentic self. So we, now, we should... I wear I wear a push up bra, Carol. I'm all about showing the girls. However, <laughs> okay. the motivation <laughs> is everything because two right. women can walk in a room, one both with push up bras, one at peace with who she is, one manipulating the sexuality, <laughs> and that is the difference I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. All right. So before, without further ado, <laughs> what is your website? Please, yes. Oh, I'd love all of you to visit me in my world, alanapratt.com, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T dot com. If you just go to the main page, you can sign up for my free weekly delicious musings. Um, and from there, you can learn there's products for men, get her to say yes, there's products for women, how to be and stay sexy, everything from books all the way through to private coaching. You'll find everything there, and I welcome you into my world. Again, let me repeat that, alanapratt.com, A-L-L. A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T dot com. Mm. And, uh, yes, you, you've got to go there and look at what's, what's available. And um, hopefully you will be tempted now to, to try something. And if not, wait till you have your next disappointment on your date or with your marriage. And uh, then you'll go back to alanapratt.com. <laughs> okay, I, I can't. I can't. The time is now. <laughs> uh, Carol, thank you so much for having me on the show. I would love to come back and talk more about men's stuff or anything I can do to serve your audience. You're well, awesome. Well, you're very welcome. And I wish you well. I know you're helping lots of, lots of people one heart at a time, and, and it's really fabulous. Mm-hmm. So thank you, alanapratt.com. <laughs> And uh, thank you all for listening, you guys and you women. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 